Welcome, traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from Beyond the Dice. Beyond the Dice is a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast set in a cyberpunk city called New Etika. I'm your Dungeon Master Luke and your players are... Ben, I play Cortain, the level 3 human fighter. Jeff, I play Gage, a level 3 human wizard. Peter, I play Spigs, level 3 dwarf artificer. And uh, my name is Travis, Travis Ramsey, and I play Little Moss. He's the level 3 half-orc monk with a roguish personality and fun in his heart. Dude, are you trying to sell me some fairly priced shoes from Rivers? Because that's where I was, that's the sort of uh, vibe And I was some steak knives. At least Little Moss has some joy in his heart. Doesn't sound like you do, Trev. I know, but I mean... That's how good at roleplay I am. <laughs> if you were trying to sell ste- steak knives, dude, you'd be like, it can cut a shoe. It can cut a brick. I'm dead inside. That's how good Moss is at roleplay. <laughs> All right. What you can do is you can roll and um, one of you can replay what happened last time on Beyond the Dice. Trav, 17. Jeff, 15. Spigston, 13. And Cortain did not roll. <laughs> Why not? Because I wasn't here last time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, but maybe Fourteen maybe you was, forced to. Was Luke makes you do it anyway. All right, go lowest lowest of the rolls may retail the tale. All right, it's me again. Peter. Let's do it for reals. <laughs> Get it right the first time. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, I just did one you episode. Didn't you had a gun or overalls. Yeah, I didn't remember that part. <laughs> that wasn't the important bits. All right, <laughs> last time on Beyond the Dice. We're still at the library. We handed over the keys to Lorian. Lorian? Yeah, Lorian. That's good. All right. Uh, who then was doing some crazy magics as he was putting a trace on the keys. Spigs kind of freaked out a bit. I believe Little Moss fell asleep. And Gage was the only sane one. Cortain was dead silent the whole episode um yeah and then there was a of questions where Spigs questioned what extent of the magic could be um we even found out maybe Spigs would prefer a pair of dwarven limbs rather than his robotic legs pretty spinner on that one and then uh they all left with the the keys and the last piece of the puzzle to go and save his wife. So we got in the uh, taxi and returned to pizza, uh, Peter's Pizzeria. Peter's Pizzeria? Yeah, Peter's. Peter's. Uh, where Spigs uh, was kind of abused by the hostess of, uh, you know, doing number threes all over the bathroom. <laughs> but fortunately they had chucked, oh well, unfortunately they had chucked out all Spigs gear he was trying to find. But he did find his little bag of holding. But he attempted to search the bag of holding, hoping that uh, someone there, his um, Thunderfire cannon or his main gun was still in there. But unfortunately, it was not. And he screamed the no as we ended the scene.
where we'll start off is in the alleyway beside Petey's pizzeria. You're all out in the damp night air. And before you, you see nothing but old bricks, the slight sheen on it from the moisture. It's a little warm out, but it's still raining. Uh, it's not as heavy as it was when you first entered the Darkhaven Library, but it is drizzling. You hear the drips and the sloshes of cars speeding past, the sound of sirens in the distance. You've got the keys, and you have the directions to Vice, the Edict of Ayers HQ. Okay, guys. So, we need how many hours Five. do we have left? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say like the ritual took an hour. So let's say you've got about around four, four-ish, maybe a little bit more than four hours left. And we've got everything. You've got everything. You've got the little chip with. The video footage on there of that woman dancing or laughing, I should say, and the trees and stuff behind her. You have the tablet that that chip was first installed in. You have all of the keys and you have the little jewelry box with the necklace inside of it. Okay, so should we go back to base and figure out what we want to do next or do we want to talk about it here? Should we go back to Vice? We got the stuff. So, do you just want to hand it over? What other options have we got? I mean, she's going to die if we don't. Yeah, but do you want us to all go in? Do you want to go in by yourself? Like, do you, do you want to go in guns blazing? Do you just want to hand the stuff over? Do we want to, like, try and hack or figure out a, a way to for me to monitor you guys from the outside? Do you want to get, like, uh, do, do we want any outside help helping us here? Or do we just want to walk in? hand over our guns and be at the mercy. Look, you guys don't have to go, I'll take the stuff and hand it over. Get my wife back. We'd be nervous to you guys and be all done smoothly. I am cool with that. What about you, little moss? I am sceptical, as indicated by my shifty dog glasses. There. Like, I was, I was going to come with something funny, but then it just left me. It's because you're skeptical. Optigardner. <laughs> I think uh, I'm. I'm more worried, Spigs, that you're gonna do something and stuff it up. <laughs> it's like I have. I have so little faith in you. <laughs> Not yeah, I kind of. I. I don't. I don't really want your wife to die because I let you go in by yourself. Uh, yeah, you really you can't even manage your yeah. own family. Like we're not, we're not even really sure how you managed to reproduce up to this point. <laughs> I mean, I basically had to oh, take man. your son under my wing and try to tutor him and like get him back on track because he was essentially a criminal. And now you don't even care if your Peter. wife lives or dies because you're so drunk and you shat yourself in the bathroom. You know, it's like Peter. I really think you dug spigs <laughs> a hole when you were at the library and you decided you were going get going to get your pants <laughs> and your gun instead of continuing to say her. Hold on. In Spig's defense, okay, <laughs> he had his he had his hand in character, cut off. In character, in character. He had his bloody hand cut off. 
He was then given alcohol, which then made him intoxicated. In character. What? Yeah, character. do it in character. Oh. Do it in character. Oh, in character? So uh. he just, just, like, grabs all the stuff and then walks away. Just like you walk away from your responsibilities. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Can't hear you now. He's down the road. If only you had bionic ears, <laughs> then you would have heard that sick burn. <laughs> As, like, a tear rolls down the side of his face. Look, we better follow him, guys. It's like, wait, wait, Jeff, don't try and progress this narrative. <laughs> I'm having fun with this. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> That's my job. All right. Yeah. Spigs, you're walking down the sidewalk. People sort of, you know, it's busy still, even in the evenings. Um, Darkhaven never sleeps. So you're bumping past people and, you know, they're basically ignoring you as you see... Um, your eyes or your your mind is set on reaching Vice to hand over these keys to save them. Does he have the stuff? Yeah, he's got them. <laughs> okay, he's got the stuff. Okay. Well, uh, so he's just walking down. All right, so um, I jump back in the taxi <laughs> and we get the taxi to drive along the footpath next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's so bad at life. Spigs, you're walking <laughs> along, pushing past all these people with, you know, you're angry, you're worried, you're sort of in a rush. These people are in your way. And can you roll a perception check for me? I think it's like 11 plus a... I don't know. 14. 14? Yep. Out of the corner of your eye. You see the rest of your crew, your Merc buddies in the taxi. It's rolling ever so slowly at the same pace you're walking and pushing through all of these people. Do you continue walking or do you sort of move towards the taxi? Spigs. What? Spigs. You're not going to walk there in time. You hear Gage yelling out to you amongst all the hustle and bustle of Wait, the crowd. Who's got the keys? Pushing through. Spigs. Are- Spigs. Oh. Heat speaks. That was a bad decision. Yeah, I know. Just... Who made that? Who made that, like, bright? We could have just left him here and idea. gone and rescued his wife without him. Then she would have done the smart thing and probably, you know... Divorced him? Maybe. Maybe it might be best. Look, are we going to get this done or what? Not at this pace. <laughs> Get, get in the taxi. Get to the chopper. Yes. Come on. The taxi driver thinking about this. <laughs> the little, the hobgoblin, not little, but the hobgoblin is sitting there and he's like, um, is your friend getting in or what's going on? Space gets in. All right. You walk over, the taxi stops, get in and, um, the taxi driver I'm guessing you tell him he goes. He need, you tell him to go to Vice, and he makes his way there. You get to Vice, and it's busy. There are cars parked out all on the street. You see a few speeders, hover cars, sort of landing in the middle of the street, and people getting out and making their way into this casino, hotel, entertainment venue. The big cursive letters in sort of that sky blue neon Vice traces like it's being written as you're uh, looking at it you walk in the front doors 
I'm guessing. Wait, wait, no. Yeah. No? Okay, no. let's say you're standing so, outside to the left of Vice. People are pushing past you and entering this building. So, we, we all get out of the taxi and Gage says, look, to the taxi driver says, look, look, thank you for driving us everywhere tonight. We couldn't have tried to say Spig's wife without you, but it's best if you go. Uh, th- um, thank you. Uh, so, just... You know, maybe just give me a rating, 10 out of 10 or something like that. And uh, it's all square. You guys helped me out with my boil on my leg or whatever it might be. And uh, all that I could do is return the favor and hopefully help your uh, your friend here. Oh, yeah. That guy. That, that's the guy I, I was a doctor for, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We won't be seeing him again. Yeah, it was a faulty premise from the start. Stay safe. And he knocks the door twice and lets the taxi driver... The driver... Drives away in his orange cab. You never see him again. Or do you? We'll see next time on Beyond the Dice. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, yeah, you're standing there. What are you all doing? Speakers is heading into the casino. I follow blindly. I am also not so eager to walk inside of this stronghold of our enemy. What could go wrong? Cotain, like, we're going to be so outnumbered. It's your choice if you want to come in or not. But I'd rather have some muscle with us if something goes down. Look, I can't guarantee I'm going to keep my cool amongst such pieces of filth. Just be careful. These guys are pretty crazy. That's why I don't want to go in. Well, if we don't come out, bust us out. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll Look, if you guys don't come out, I will do what I can to make them pay. Okay. All right. So, Gage, you sort of jog to catch up with Little Moss and Spigs as you enter Vice. And once again, there are like sort of like pokey machines and all that sort of th- all those sort of um, gaming machines all over the floor in front of you. Beyond them, you see all of these lounges and chairs and tables and bars, and they're all full. This place is even more busy than it was the first time you entered here, which was really basically a couple of hours ago. It's it's ramped up. It's late in the afternoon, or so late, late in the night, and you are stopped by some men in just black suits, red tie, like a blood, a a deep blood red tie, and one of them says, wait here a second, I'm gonna call the boss. You see him like put his finger up to the side of his head and he presses and you see this little augment sort of like it was a skin color plastic on the side of his face and it clicks in there's a little red uh, sorry a little blue light in there and um, it's you know it's a communication augment and he's pressing that in to connect to a channel of some sort and he is sort of not whispering but sort of speaking quietly and moments later you see Brax, the half-orc, with the eye patch, the slick back blonde hair and the stubble, walks in from behind uh, these big double doors off to the side of this casino area, and he passes the card-playing tables and the roulette tables, and he's watching you and he's staring you guys down, or not staring you down, but looking you in the eyes with a slight smirk as he walks up to you, and he claps his hands together and says, Welcome back, my friends. It's about time we 
you thought that you didn't care for your friend's wife or her life. <laughs> I hope you've got all the shit that you fucking stole from us because, well, because the boss isn't going to be too happy if you came back empty-handed and he'll be sending you home with her empty-headed. And he points his finger to his head. Oh, that's, that's good. Playful. With a, uh, like a pistol motion. And then he points to you guys and he says, Come along. No time to waste. Um, is it possible to have an, an AR link with Cortain? Can I use Infallible Relay just to have an open call with him? Yeah, you can, you can, um, you can connect to him if you want to. Cool. I do that so at least he can see... What's going on? Connection not found. Straight away, as soon as you try and connect to, like your, um, your you you guys' little network that you use to communicate with each other and send messages and stuff like that, you realise in this building you cannot. You can try and roll to try and bypass whatever's stopping you, um, or, or to identify it and then bypass it if you wish. As you're walking through towards these big double doors that you entered before to head through the back uh, sort of holes and rooms of this this building. So so Gage thinks about this, um, about trying to do it, but he's kind of like seeing that Cortain didn't even want to come in. Like he tries, and then seeing he didn't even he didn't want anything to really do with it, he decides it's not worth the effort. It's not Cortain refusing it, it's like there is Something in here that's blocking the signal. I mean, Cortain refusing to come with oh, us. Oh, you just leave it. I, I like. It's kind of like, well, he didn't. Yeah, it's more of like a emotional, like, well, yeah, he didn't even want to do this. Like, I'm not gonna try and risk our safety right now just so that he could have more information. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. You guys pass those big doors and all of the, we'll say, security that you had met at the front door that had stopped you and called Brax out. They're following behind you and they've got uh, pistols and submachine guns. As you walk down the hallways, left and right, and you get to this corner and you turn and there are these uh, sort of laundry trolleys once again. They tell you to place any weaponry you might have in the baskets before you continue. Otherwise, things will get messy. You place your things in there or just want to try and hide anything if anybody wants to hide something they must roll a stealth nope. Gage puts his pistol I've in there I've just got my fists Speaks puts the pistol in there you take <laughs> yeah. off I detach my hands his blood's <laughs> just like that's <laughs> 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 already happened once in the building <laughs> Mate, I'm convincing if nothing else <laughs> you're just going to play dead again you're going to fall down and <laughs> start having like a seizure <laughs> 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 what about Spigs? You're gonna give away that little pistol that they gave you, yeah. the little revolver. Cool. You place it in there. They take you downstairs, and you walk through sort of the underbelly of this building. All the pipes and cabling and corrugated sort of um, plastic tubing and all this sort of stuff. Uh, you pass these big doors with the sort of big iron wheels that turn and unlock it, and you get to the room that you had entered before when you found Glist down there. You enter that room, Glist is there, she has a um, like a bag over her head. All the lights are shining against the far right wall and Brax pulls this sort of surgical trolley across 
to the center of the room and he points to you all and says, Up against the wall again. Do you all go? We move back. Yeah, I, s- I stealth towards the wall, trying not to be noticed. <laughs> Alright, roll stealth. Yes. Oh, I don't know what my modifier is. <laughs> so I got one job. Uh, 11. Alright, you sort of like sneak over there and you notice Brax is just watching you. His eyebrow slightly raised. And you hear under him mumble under his breath like, What the fuck is he doing? And you all line up against the wall, and Brax says, One moment. Won't be too long. You'll be right, Brax. I'll be right, Brax. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, leaves the room. You guys are just standing there. All the guys are across, all their sort of security across against the other side of the wall, all pointing their guns towards you. The bright light's shining at you. You can just see the silhouette of Glist in the middle of the room with his surgical table next to her. Once again, this old figure, followed by Brax, enters the room, and he says, Well there, welcome back. You have a couple of hours left on the clock, but I'm happy to see that you've returned. Now, what have you brought me? Everything. I said, what have you brought me? Everything they asked for. He slides the tray of the, uh, the surgical trolley. He just pushes it towards you. Tell me what you've brought. Place it on the table, and if you have everything that I asked for, and I'm satisfied, you will all leave this building safe and sound and alive. But if there's anything missing, I won't hesitate to put her in the grave and have you watch. So Spiggs walks forward with his one hand, pulls out of his pocket the bag of holding, and places it on the surgical tray. He then reaches in and thinks of something to save his wife. You reach in and you... Do you slowly pull it out or do you quickly pull it out? Uh, slowly. You slowly pull out <laughs> this huge iron ring and all of these keys <laughs> dangling from it. The six keys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and a massive gun! <laughs> I'm no, so sorry. Travis is thinking a massive something else. Thinking of Travis, please elaborate. <laughs> Just I don't talking. know the direction you were thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a pizza here. <laughs> Try again. You have the large iron ring and all the keys, the six keys all on the ring and you... I don't know. I'm not sure if Spigs was hoping for a weapon of some sort or... A flash grenade or something. I was just, I was just maybe like, oh, you know, maybe the liquid throw a spanner in the works and let me pull out a nuke. But no, nah, it's all right. You maybe get a nuka cola. Um, <laughs> oh, how would that save his wife? No, no, it gives you a little bit of health, but some radiation poisoning. Um, you hold up these, these, these keys on this big iron ring. The key with the trees and the flowers and vines carved and featured on it. The stone-looking key, the key with what looks like waves and rushing water, the key with the sun and fire, the key with the various animals on it, and the key that looks like it's got streams of air and clouds. You place the key down on the surgical tray trolley. 
Cage is leaning against the wall and he kind of bumps his, he his head against it, remembering that we probably could have put all our guns in there. <laughs> like, and it would have been fine. It wouldn't have been detected. Yeah. Anyway, he, he acknowledges his stupidity and, and doesn't say anything. <laughs> That's right, next time. He, he mentally <laughs> acknowledges his own stupidity. Yes. Very good. You brought me the keys. That's not the only things that I asked for. I don't want to make this dramatic, but hurry up. Spigs reaches in and grabs another item. All right, you pull out the tablet and you place it down. You pull out the little microchip and you place it down. He looks at it. He looks up and he says, very good. Now the necklace. And you reach in one more time and you pull out that little black velvet box with silver edging and the letters E-K on there and you place that down. And he walks over to the trolley, stretching his arm out and he pulls it towards him and the little wheels sort of rattle against the floor as it moves across and he turns the tablet on. Oh, so Spigs, Spigs grabbed the um, bag of holding before he did the trolley. All right, cool. He picks up the tablet, turns it on, throws it against the wall it cracks and falls to the ground he then reaches into his pocket and pulls out a um, large communicator like basically like a smartphone sort of thing a small tablet he places the chip in the side of it taps a few motions on the screen and then you guys can sort of see from the angle it's the video of the woman with dark hair and she's laughing and the trees are behind her and they're sort of pink petals floating in the wind and you see a slight smile sort of appear on his face and he clicks the screen off and he tucks his communicator away in his pocket. You still can't see him, you can just see the outline of him. And he's not tall and he's not muscly, he's, you know, a guy in his late 50s, early 60s. He reaches down and opens the little black box up and looks inside and once again a little smirk and he closes it, places it back down. And then he reaches down and touches the keys and he says, Very, very good. I'm pleased with you all. You've done, you've done some good work tonight. You've brought those things to me that, that matter, that mean something to me. And you did so quickly. You had the motivation to do so quickly. Now, just as promised, no longer will you be harmed or threatened unless you do something stupid but you are to leave this building and you are never to interfere with us ever again and we will refrain from interfering with your lives gage do you understand me well uh, unless you want to hire us at some point in the future like we seem to be pretty effective. Like you've seen our track record, where we can get into, where we get out. You know, there's I mean, any there's kind some of stuff steak knives in it for you as well. You suck. <laughs> I'll definitely keep that in mind. I'm always looking for some, well, some good mercs to do a good job here or there. Spigs. Yes. What say you? Are you going to mind your own business and not get in our way? You're going to walk away from here with your wife alive tonight? I hope so. That's up to you. No, it is up to you and the actions and the choices that you choose to make from now on. And 
Half-orc, little moss, I believe. What about you? Are you going to stop the wise cracking for the next few minutes and let your friends exit this building without making a smart-ass comment that will end up having dire consequences? Good. <laughs> he then walks up, pulling this um, quite large knife from sort of uh, his hip, and he cuts the um, the rope that was around Glist's legs, and then he walks over, and you hear him press beep, boop, boop, some buttons from behind her back, and you hear a click, and then you see these large sort of handcuff manacle things drop to the ground. He pulls the bag off of her head, and then uses the knife to cut free the rope that's tied tight to um, sort of bind her mouth from her yelling or calling out or whatever. And she like looks towards him and he says, I'm so sorry, Gliss, that I had to do that. It's not something that I like to do that I take pride in taking a, a parent away from their children, but these things that your husband and his friends took were and are very important to me and my family. And you are free to go. Now leave. Brax sort of beckons or motions for you to come towards the door, and he sort of not bows, but he's like smiles and sort of drags his hand out in a motion towards the door. Gage starts moving. Glist runs towards you, Spigs, and slams into you, wrapping her hands around you, her arms around you. And uh, she's not crying she's not sobbing but she's not happy with you either she's whispering that she's sorry she loves you and it's okay she's whispering your hand and all these things start flooding through your mind and you just hear her voice and in your head you see her as you're holding her hand with your one good one as you're moving through this building with your crew through the casino floor out past the, the pokey machines and past the people having drinks, out into the street, into the rain. And when the rain hits you, all of that, I guess, unfocused shock just sort of disappears. And you hear the rain and you hear the cars and all the sound and all the light and the vision before you of, this, of the city and the street sort of floods back and you realise that you were in a daze as you were leaving this building. And Glist is holding your hand and squeezing it so tight. And she turns to you and she says, let's go home. Never want to lose you again. You all go back to the Crooked Candle. Including Glist? Yeah, all of you, just because your truck's there. And you get your truck and you and Glist bid your farewell to your friends as you drive off back to your shop. They drive off, you you guys sort of see them off. You guys walk inside the bar. Budge is there, the old dwarf. He's like, eh, I'll pour you guys a drink. And you sit down at the bar. There's nobody else in there because it's almost early morning. And uh, he's pouring you guys whiskey. You guys can have your conversation. So, looks like everything went well. Yeah, didn't even cost us an arm and a leg. 
That's good because um, <laughs> Spigs doesn't have any legs. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, we rolled over this time and we managed to get out alive, which is good. Um, I don't know, guys. So, so, something's wrong. Surely. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel good about this. I'm not sure why, because usually I don't care. But that did not feel right. What do you mean? Uh, I just. I feel like somehow we're compromised. There's going to come a point where we're going to have to look the other way, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to. We probably. What do you mean, look the other way? Maybe we should have scanned Gliss, make sure there's not a bomb inside her or something weird. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's too easy. I expected something. I suppose. Yeah, we only lost like. Spigs only lost an arm, but so, it just—I don't know. I, I, the, the edict's not nice, and we we got away. What's the next steps? How are we going to take down this these bastards? Well, we need to know more about them. They control the city. They've taken all of us off guard, and we—they've they've proven that they can control the city and they can control us. We need to do something. We need to find out more about them, like where their money's coming from, um, how to pull them apart piece by piece. Okay. Well, I don't know where to start with that, all this. I don't know how to look for, for where money comes from. Well, the the only thing I can think of to begin with, like the only thing we really know is when the diner was attacked. So there was guys looking with muscle looking for money. And maybe maybe that's something we can start. Maybe we could try and, you know, walk around. I don't know. I reckon that... The old man at the library, like, seemed to hold some secrets. Like, I reckon he might hold the key to all this. Well, well he, he did until keys. we took them off him to ransom backlist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap! Yeah. So maybe uh. we need to find out more about the keys. I'd, I'd also like to go back there and find out more about this older magic as uh, well. Some, um, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to try and pretend like that didn't happen. But, yep, all right. Well, you boys can sit here a while and have a few drinks. Go in the morning or another day. I think you've had a, I think you've had a bit of a night by the sounds of it. Wait, has he just been listening to everything we've been saying? Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that gives you the who has you the little the hideout that you guys have underneath his his bar. Okay. Yeah, but we just heard us talking about like old magic and stuff. We're pretty sure he's cool. <laughs> he used to be a contractor. Like he used to, like Thunder Gunk is for you, who gets you jobs and stuff. Budge used to, he used to do that. He used to get Merc's jobs. And and before that, he was a Merc himself. So he, he sort of knows the game. But he did raise an eyebrow when you said old magic. He was sort of like, hmm, but he didn't say anything. Mm, I think we should definitely go back to the to that library. And also maybe that, maybe that big, that big guy can help us out. What was his name? Dun. Uh, dun. Dune. I was going to say done. Dune. Cool. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe after tonight we can head down to the library, take Spigs. Um, you, you know why we should take Spigs. And then, um, yeah, we find out more information there and then find out more about the edict. Spigs, you pull up to sort of the the, I'd say like the alleyway behind your shop that you drive your car into and you turn Chev, your big truck, into the the garage. And 
and there are like motorbikes and stuff that you, you guys have been working on you know the couple weeks prior to all this stuff going on you walk through the, the workshop and you see the stairs and Glist goes up the stairs and you follow her up to the apartment above your shop where you live and Yal your uh, father-in-law is in an armchair holding the light machine gun pointed at the stairs and as he sees Glist his eyes go wide and he throws it to the ground this light machine gun and there's a big thump and he runs up and he grabs her and he squeezes her and he's like oh I'm so happy you're alright those fucks and she's she says, it's okay, Dad, it's okay, I'm alright, all, all thanks to Speaks. And he sees you looking over her shoulder, hugging her, he sees you coming up the stairs, and he sort of lets go of her, and she steps aside, and he grabs your your arm and pulls you up the stairs, like gripping you, shaking your, your hand, and then he sort of like pats you on the shoulder, and... Um, Speaks. Sometimes you're, uh, sometimes you're a, a bit odd, but you're, you're a good man, good husband. A lot of men would cut their losses and see their wives disappeared when facing such violent, violent people. Thank you. And he um, looks back at his light machine gun, and he says, "I probably shouldn't leave that laying around." And he goes and he picks it up and he sort of takes it back into his room. And then you hear your uh, your kids. Your, you hear the the pattering of feet and the clunking of boots as your oldest runs in and he's like, "Dad, what the? Dad, what the fuck happened to your hand? Mom, mom!" And then he runs and hugs her and then he looks at you and looks at your hand and and then this little little ba- this little toddler, this little little dwarf toddler patting its like its little feet patting along the ground walks up to you walks up to you um glist and you and holds onto your pants as he sort of wobbles a little and you look down on your children and you look to your wife and you smile and she smiles at you uh speaks just picks up razor and trying like group hugs them all basically he goes my family is more important than anything never again will someone take anyone from us. Hmm, that did seem a little easy, didn't it? 
Or maybe it just shows that the Edict of Aya can be bargained with. Either way, I'm Crux, the Interdimensional Demon Bard, and I'll be seeing you next time, Traveler. To our listeners, to our friends, to our minotaurs and our zombies, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, thank you for being a native animal, and thank you for commanding beasts and such to feed my belly. Yeah. Oh, I did not see that the outro had changed. <laughs> um, well, you can check us out on our website, www.beyondthedice.com. It's basically just episodes and there I've are a few just been materials told that have uploaded. It's just episodes and stuff related to the podcast. Yeah, okay. People can hear Luke talking. They don't need <laughs> you to reiterate what you just heard. <laughs> no, it's funny that way. Uh, All right, go, Trav, go. Well, go, go. I don't have Instagram, but we have an Instagram yes, account. Do. And we take D&D, RPG, and Nerdy Geek pictures. You should check them out there at Beyond the Dice. All right. All right. If you, my fellow listeners, believe that the rest of these these uh, recorders, so-called friends, are really friends to speaks, and they were, like, taking the piss out of him quite literally, Mary should make a stand on the Facebook page and, like, say, Hey, Spigs his arm cut off he was then given alcohol during his surgery which then made him drunk and had to live through all those weird things that happened to him it wasn't his fault he was drunk it was his it was his, gun. Lost his gun you're really deflecting man. <laughs> yeah yeah stop blaming us for your poor life choices <laughs> yeah so so uh, Peter where should they be so, uh, so, how would they find us on Facebook so they need to go to facebook.com forward slash btdpod and put all your all your support on there um, also if you've got time um, it would be really great if you could jump on iTunes uh, even if you're an Android user get on there get on iTunes give us um, a rating and um, that's like the best way at the moment uh, for us to try and reach more people or try and get up in some rankings uh, that would be fantastic if you feel like reviewing us please still do so we might hold some competitions for other things in the future so just keep an ear out or an eye out on social media such as facebook and instagram and to send you all off into the evening or the daytime or the in-between times i will say good night see ya oh man i'm tuning out I might make that my ringtone. All right, bye, guys. Yeah. Farewell. Didn't didn't we do this already? Where did you go? Oh, you. Uh, Oh no. Yes. Shit. Fuck. (laughs) Do I? It was so good though. Yeah. Sorry. I just wrote a whole piece on it. You you finished with um Spigs going back to finish the shop trying to find his gun and then screaming no in the garbage. Oh, mummy. And then she says, is that alcohol on your breath? <laughs> Did you do number three? It's again. <laughs> it's, it's only my indicator. Okay. I can wait. Oh, your indicator's going off. I don't even want to know how that's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Woo! <laughs>